Welcome to Mirrors of the Soul. I'm your host, Isabel Mancuso, but you can call me Belle. So, today we are discussing one of my absolute favorite authors of all time, Sylvia Plath. So, I'm going to give you all a warning right now. Um, I will be talking a lot about suicide and self-harm, so if that is something that is really hard for you to listen to um, or is a trigger, uh, I really suggest skipping this episode. Um, There will be plenty more that are not full of that, but yeah. Okay, so... I'm going to say a lot of authors are my favorite, especially in like this series, but Sylvia was truly a turning point for me in my discovery and love of poetry. So, who is Sylvia Plath? Sylvia was born on October 27, 1932, to Aurelia and Otto Plath. She was incredibly bright, publishing her first poem at only eight years old. Come on, like you, that's insane. Like, what the heck? She attended Smith College, a private liberal arts college in Northampton, Massachusetts. While there, she was the editor of the Smith Review, which was like a pretty big deal, and she eventually was awarded the position of guest editor at Mademoiselle Magazine in New York City. Um, And just a heads up, being a guest editor or even like, I don't know, having anything to do with Mademoiselle Magazine back in like the early 1950s, especially for um, female authors, was like a huge deal. So this was a pretty big um, event in Sylvia's life. But sadly, the events that transpired in New York were not at all positive um, and ended up being uh, inspiration for her first novel called The Bell Jar. Um, So The Bell Jar is actually, I mean, it's amazing and I highly recommend it, but um, it seems pretty innocent and just kind of like your regular novel at first, but it gets dark pretty quickly. Um, So there's a lot of heavy topics in that and a lot of that was actually like real life things Sylvia experienced. Um, in New York, which is awful, but yeah. Um, So Sylvia not only wrote a novel, but several books and short stories, and of course she's most well known for her collections of poetry. Um, She's just well known for being a poet in general, and then everybody's go-to for like her book is The Bell Jar. So, um, but of course, like many artists of her time, her backstory was filled with tragedy, and I'm talking like Shakespeare levels of tragedy. Like it was not good. Um, I don't even really know where to start with this stuff, but I mean, I'm probably the best place to start is with her family. So her father was extremely emotionally distant with both her and her younger brother, Warren, like very hands off, not really there, um, hypercritical, you know, all of that great stuff. Uh, that was sarcasm, by the way. He died when she was young, probably like around the age of six, I think. Um, but even though he died when she was so young, she spent the rest of her life struggling to decipher her relationship with him. She seemed to have this like respect and admiration for him, but also resentment for his treatment of her, her mother, and her brother. Um, it was a really weird relationship, and even like people who analyze her work today can't really get a feel of how she truly felt. And I don't think she even knew how she truly felt. Um, the best display of this, though, is in one of her popular poems called Daddy, which is literally about her dad, um, and their complicated relationship and how that influenced her and affects her, like, to this day. So, that poem is, like, the original, uh, outline for daddy issues. But, anyways, so, that's the start to everything, um, and it just goes downhill from here. So, Sylvia ended up being treated, uh, with electroshock therapy for depression, um they at the time electroshock therapy was very like unexplored uh very raw 
and they ended up not giving her enough anesthesia and she ended up just having a seizure for like five minutes being like completely conscious so it did nothing nothing that it was supposed to do which is uh kind of like a race memory to some extent it's weird and i'm not going to really get into that but anyways that was a really traumatic experience for her and in august of 1953 she attempted suicide for the first time by curling up in the crawl space beneath her house and taking almost 50 of her mother's sleeping pills she remained there for three days before they found her apparently though before attempting suicide she had cut up her legs pretty badly a few days before um to see if she quote-unquote had the courage to actually kill herself that's some pretty messed up shit i'm not even gonna lie to you about that um yeah that breaks my heart but so sylvia was only 20 at the time when she first attempted and exactly 10 years later at the age of 30 her final suicide attempt was successful um that's pretty eerie like that's kind of just like odd and doesn't sit right with me um but yeah there's plenty of stuff that happened in the span of those 10 years um good and bad sylvia met her husband ted hughes who was a piece of shit but he was also an author um and like i guess most well known for a poet he was a poet too i guess um he actually won a poet laureate for england so he was kind of a big deal and he actually usually outshined sylvia um but yeah they had two kids frida and nicholas and she rubbed elbows with countless authors, including Robert Lau, who ended up being like her instructor. And of course, in those 10 years, she wrote like a ton. So let's move forward. So we dove into her past a little bit. You get the general idea of who she was and a very brief overview of her struggles, you know, that inspired her writing and eventually were the cause of her death. Um, let's dive a little deeper into her actual writing, though. So, Sylvia had a huge influence within the confessional poetry movement in America. Um, a lot of authors have received a lot more credit than her in the past, but she's starting to receive, like, the recognition, uh, she deserves, you know, kind of getting the spotlight now, um, as people discover more and more of her poetry and are like, oh yeah, this is really the outline for confessional poetry. Um, let's break down confessional poetry, though. Uh, it is an extremely personal form of poetry, right? Obviously, it's called confessional poetry, so you would assume so. Um, it's so pro- professional that it becomes confessional, you know what I mean? Revealing the author's raw emotions, their deepest secrets and thoughts, um, or even like really like messed up actions or a thing they've, like, they've experienced, you know what I mean? Um, it was popular in the 1950s. That's really kind of when it came into the writing scene. Some of the most well-known confessional poets uh, were Robert Lau and Sexton, um, W.D. Snodgrass, uh, that's a pretty weird last name, just saying, and of course, my girl Sylvia. Funny enough, both Anne Sexton and Sylvia were actually students of Robert Lau and have discussed how his writing like greatly influenced theirs. Um, confessional poetry dealt with previously taboo issues, um, especially like trauma, death, depression, and um, relationships, good and bad. Confessional poetry helped to like normalize these discussions um, or discussions of these topics, which were common struggles and issues amongst like thousands of people across the world, but they were just never talked about. You know, it was looked down upon to even like open up about anything you had experienced that was negative in your life. You know, everything was supposed to be like sunshine and rainbows when it obviously wasn't. Um, Sylvia used her writing as her outlet, you know, and honestly, it was really her only healthy one, um, that she could convey her pain in the rawest form without 
it being invalidated. Back in the 1950s, um, women were just expected to run the household, you know what I mean? Have kids, um, be a wife, whatever. And so Sylvia having manic depression at a time where no one understood or knew what manic depression was, um, she was at a huge disadvantage. She wasn't receiving the proper care and help that she needed. So she was kind of just left to suffer. Um, yeah, it's really hard for me to even like begin to describe how frustrated I am at the fact that she's no longer around. Do you know what I mean? Um, she struggled a lot and she hid it from everybody. Her literally, her only outlet was her poetry and her writing. Um, and reading The Bell Jar was actually really hard knowing that these were things that she had experienced, right? But no, she, yeah, she was a trooper. I'll say that much. And I have so much respect for her. Um, and her work. It's so influential. It honestly breaks my heart even more that Sylvia isn't around to see the impact that her poetry made. None of her poems were actually published until she died. That's crazy. Like, her poems weren't published until she was dead. The only thing, the only piece of work that she had published before her death, and it was like literally six months before she committed suicide, was The Bell Jar. And it was under a pen name, sold only in, like, Europe so that none of her, like, friends and family would read it and, like, realize it was her. Like, what the heck? She went to that length to hide what she had been going through. Like, if that doesn't say, like, if that doesn't tell you how bad things were, I don't know what will. Um, But yeah, I just, it's hard for me to know that, you know, she doesn't realize how many people have like fallen in love with her works and how her writing has impacted and inspired other people or helped other people. You know what I mean? Reading somebody else's experience and relating to that. Um, yeah, no, she was an incredible author and her kids are still around, obviously. Um, I'm pretty sure they're both kind of in the arts, I think leaning towards like theater and acting, but yeah. So we're at the end of our episode now, and I'm going to wrap it up and stop rambling about how much I love Sylvia Plath, but I wanted to share some titles by her that I think everyone should read at least once. Um, Obviously, we're going to have to start with her novel, The Bell Jar. Absolutely phenomenal. Really hard read, but really, really good. Just emotionally draining, I'm going to warn you guys. Um, then Lady Lazarus, an intense poem discussing depression, um, attempted suicide, and then adultery, which, fun fact, uh, her husband had used, cheated on her, like, four times in the relationship, and honestly, I think that might have pushed her to the brink, but I don't know for sure. And lastly, I would say her poem, Tulips. This was written after she had a miscarriage and had to stay in the hospital for several days. So she discusses the struggle of, you know, dealing with the trauma of a miscarriage and then also postpartum depression. So she was just stacked up not only with postpartum depression, manic depression, trauma, family issues, daddy issues, like she dealt with it all. And her only outlet was her writing. That's, yeah. That's insane to me. Um, anyways, I think that's enough. Um, I think you guys get the idea. But um, if you have any questions, recommendations, or comments for me, 
feel free to email me at i-mancuso at onu.edu. I'm Belle, and this is Mirrors of the Soul. Ciao.